This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's Bill Bartholomew here with you for another edition of the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Today, a conversation on something that is exciting to many people, probably completely unknown to most people, and that is NFTs, non-fungible tokens that play a role in, you know, the broad Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, I guess, blockchain conversation, and in, in many ways are starting to reshape both the art world and to a certainly a lesser, far lesser extent, but a significant extent, the world of finance. And I wonder how that translates into politics. I wonder how that impacts us here in Rhode Island on a specific level. So joining us is somebody who is no stranger to the, to the program, and that is Eric Palmieri, well-known for his pizza art here in Rhode Island. You guys may have seen the um, the piece I did for Rhode Island PBS like a year ago that profiled his pizza art, but he has entered into the NFT space full-on selling artwork and is here to explain to us exactly what the hell is going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's There's really no other way to put it. So getting us all on the same page when it comes to NFTs with the Rhode Island angle, of course, in there as well. So that's today's episode. I want to thank our sponsors, Pure Vita Labs. Visit purevitalabs.com. Commonwealth Care Alliance, Rhode Island, now delivering uncommon care to Rhode Island. And PVD Fest, presented by First Works, coming to Providence this June. All right, welcome into Bartholomew Town. My guest is Eric Palmieri, someone who is well-known, not only in the state, but now just generally as like a big shot because of his <laughs> his work as a pizza artist. We did a, a really killer profile on Rhode Island PBS Weekly about a year, maybe two ago. I don't know. My time has just completely devolved into something unrecognizable compared to how it used to be. But anyway, on Rhode Island PBS, we did an awesome profile on Eric's work in the, uh, the pizza art space, which was uh, awesome. I mean, in fact, Eric brought a delicious pie over with the Bartholomew Town logo on it a couple of years ago as well. But today we have a very specific conversation. It's something that I know a lot of you are probably wondering just what's going on in this area. And that is NFTs. And it's sort of where Eric has taken his art to the next level and into a whole new realm and a whole new audience. Now, when, when you think NFTs, of course, you know, you think somebody who's got you know, a picture of a gorilla, you know, like a weird ape and it's worth like a half a million dollars, but, it, but is it really, you know, what is it? And, you know, people are framing them in these digital picture frames and it's, it's, it, it all ties into blockchain technology and so on and so forth. But we will let the mass, the maestro himself, I don't think I pronounced that word properly, but, but you get the idea. We'll let him explain first of all, what's happening. And in general, what's, what are NFTs? Thanks, Bill, so much for having me on. This is going to be yeah. a fun conversation um, because it's such a it's such a new topic, and it, there's so much to discuss, and there's so much around it that that affects how different people view it. That I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, so basically, what an NFT is is it's basically a form of cryptocurrency um, that allows you to attach digital content to it. Um, so as opposed to it just being a Bitcoin, for instance, which is just a digital token, um, you can attach uh, things to it like images, video, audio, um, uh, you know, just images of written word. People attach poems to it. Um, you could, I mean, the, the sky is really the limit when it comes to the things you can attach to an NFT. 
Um, you know, you could use them for contracts. You could use them for, you know, club memberships. You know, I, I could see a place like Stop and Shop or a BJ's, you know, instead of having your little membership card that you scan, you know, you could uh, you scan your wallet code instead and you, you have a, an NFT membership instead. Um, so there's lots of uses for it. Um, but the area that I'm most involved in is, is the art world. Um, you know, and I think what's interesting is, is you talked about the, uh, the picture of an ape, you know, or a pixelated image and, um, and they're worth crazy amounts of money. Um, obviously it's in cryptocurrency. Um, but you know, these cryptocurrencies can be exchanged for real dollars. Um, and it's pretty wild. It's pretty insane. Um, I think the, the project you were talking about, uh, is called Bored Apes Yacht Club. Uh, and it came out about a year ago, right when I got into the crypto space. And at the time, I could have probably purchased one for, you know, probably around $200 in Ethereum. And now the, the cheapest one you can buy is worth 30 Ethereum, um, something around that, which is, you know, it's, it's, you're talking seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 or more for the, you know, the cheapest one. Some of them go for hundreds um, of Ethereum. So, um, you know, I think what's interesting is, is that, in the art world, you know, I think what we're used to is, um, let's say like someone might go to the Situate Art Festival, you know, and they might walk around at different booths and they're going to look at something that they like, right? They're going to look for something that pleases them. That's something that's pleasing to the eye because they want to buy something they can hang on their wall. Uh, in this instance, it's really a lot different because um, if you buy a unique piece of artwork that's attached to an NFT, um, displaying it isn't really the the big utility there. It's really more about the collectible value of it. Um, who the artist is, you know, um, how much social influence does that artist have? Um, how well known are they? Um, you know, the, the way it looks is almost in a sense, um, secondary and often in cases, um, as it, as is with these bored apes, you know, they're just cartoon apes. They're not, this isn't like high art as you know, yeah, right. Leonardo da Vinci, um, but some of them go for more than, you know, an Andy Warhol might go for or yeah. some famous artist. So it's really fascinating to see um, the economics of it at work and also just how, you know, um, uh, how people view art and what, what makes it valuable to them. Yeah. And what's also interesting about it is the, the notion that, you know, that the, the, a collectible is also in the eye of the beholder or in the heart of the beholder. So, you know, I might have a thing for, you know, Altoid containers or something like that. Like, you know, if, if you enjoy it, if you like that and something that, that means something to you, there's also a value in collecting it just for yourself. And so this, the, the notion that people say, well, what if, uh, you know, this collapses and then people are underwater for hundreds of thousands of dollars? Well, I mean, if you go about it from the approach of, Hey, this is something that, I like this is just a, a piece of of art that I want. This is just something I want to collect, just like baseball cards or just like anything. Um, there's there's that side of it too. But the non fungible token, the NFT component of it, I think that's where people get a lot of. There's a lot of confusion. I think in the the crypto space, there's a lot of confusion in general. I guess walk us through how would somebody go about? Let's say they they want to get a piece of art by you. Where do they start, and how do they understand? where that value really should be because art in general is always tough to appraise, especially for a lay person. But how do you, how do you figure out where to start? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, if you want to get started in trading NFTs, you need to get started in trading cryptocurrency first, because mm-hmm. uh, almost all NFT sales are done with cryptocurrency. Um, and mainly it's Ethereum, which is the second largest cryptocurrency in the world uh, behind Bitcoin. You can buy some NFTs with uh, what is known as fiat currency or dollars um, with a credit card. Um, there are some sites that let you do that, but um, you know there's only a few. So what you need to do is, first thing you need to do is you need to set up an account with an exchange like Coinbase or um, Bittrex is another one, Binance is another one, um, where you can use your credit card to buy cryptocurrency. Um, Then once you've purchased the cryptocurrency, um, what you do is you set up something, um, you can either use a Coinbase wallet or you can set up what's known as a MetaMask wallet. Um, these are called. These are known as um, hot wallets, which means that the wallets exist as a uh, as a um, add-on. Um, that's not the right word, but an add-on to your Chrome browser. Basically, it's it's online, um, and it's secured through um, a very very hard to crack password, which is known as a seed phrase, which is basically just twelve different words in a random order. Um, and it's really hard. It's impossible to crack. Basically, the only way someone could get into it is if you were to click a bad link or something, and then they'd have like a way in. Um, so it is a little risky. Um, so that's what most people do. They'll they'll set up a MetaMask wallet, and then they'll transfer their crypto into this wallet, and then they'll use that wallet to buy NFTs. Um, and what's interesting is is that when I first got started with this, it it feels very daunting. Um, because it's it, there's so much technology involved, and but once you get kind of used to it, it becomes very second nature. It's sort of like anything, um, you know. I, I don't even think about it anymore when I use my MetaMask or whatever, or I'm using crypto, or I'm passing things back and forth, or, or I'm using wallet codes. You know, all this stuff. You just become very used to it. So it, it's really not as in, uh, it's a little intimidating, but it's really not as hard as it seems. Um, and then once you do that, you can go on any of these sites uh, that sell NFTs like um, OpenSea, Foundation, uh, Known Origin, and they sell all, all sorts of NFTs. There's, you know, unique artworks, there's collectibles. Um, you can buy, you know, Topps baseball cards sells digital cards as NFTs. Um, there's all sorts of things you can buy with it. Um, so it's it's not too hard to get started. It's just a little intimidating, but um, mm-hmm. get someone to help you. That's what I, you know, that's what I did. I had people who knew what they were doing, help me figure it out. And then I was kind of off to the races. Hey, I am excited to announce that I will be performing at PVD Fest this year on Saturday, June 11th at 2 p.m. And I'll also be doing a bunch of PVD Fest related podcasts going to be interviewing a bunch of artists and kind of profiling the event itself. So that's all ahead here on Bartholomew Town. But again, I'm performing Saturday, June 11th, 2 p.m. PVD Fest presented by FirstWorks. We'll see you there. Now back to B-Town. I guess another aspect of this is obviously that it's entertaining and, and you know, you, you imagine that there's a there's a hipster type component to this as well. I mean, let's be honest about it. It's, a, it's, it's exciting in that sense. But then there's the investment side of it, where there are certainly people, I mean, whether you're talking about Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, or or anybody even on, on the ground level, um, who would say, hey, look, these are smart investments. You know, you don't necessarily want to park your, you know, cash out your IRA, pay the penalty, and then, you know, put everything else into NFTs. But there is an investment strategy there. What have you seen in that space early on, given the sort of ebbs and flows that we've seen with cryptocurrency um, and just in general right now with with markets 
being there's a lot of market uncertainty, and some people are saying, well, Bitcoin can serve like as as a in a manner like gold has throughout the course of time. Uh, do NFTs serve that same role in these times uh, as gold? Um, as the market may <laughs> not crash, but but ebb and flow, uh, or or do you really have to stay diversified and be cautious of that and not really think of this as a place to park money? Um, well, I mean, I'm certainly not going to give financial advice, but <laughs> yeah. what I would say is, I think what's I think what's really interesting about NFTs um, as they've come into the crypto space is I think they've um, created a way for people to store their cryptocurrency in something that has a lot more staying power. Mm. So for instance, you know, if you're worried about the volatil- volatility of the crypto market, and it can be very volatile um, and go up and down in huge swings, um, you know, you can you can take that Ethereum store in an NFT. Let's say it's, you know, I mean, it obviously depends how much you have to spend, but let's say you were to put it into something, you know, say, you know, Kanye has an NFT or, or some big company like Coca-Cola or whatever. Um, you know, if the value or the price of, of Ethereum were to drop, um, you know, there's still value in the fact that you own something that's from Kanye, for instance, or mm-hmm. or Method Man or um, Jimmy Fallon or, or I don't know, a, a slew of different people who um, are providing added value um, to this to this to this item. Yeah. Um, so if the you know, if the value of Ethereum were to drop and you're holding this NFT, theoretically, you should be able to sell it for for more than you bought it for. Um, and so it's, it's a way of, of hedging that volatility. Now, obviously the value of NFTs can go down as well. It's, everything's a risk. Um, but I think the idea is that if you do your homework and you can, you can kind of see what projects, collectibles projects and which artists are on the rise and, um, you know, who, who's more desired, um, where the demand is, um, you know, it can be a very valuable thing in times of volatility to kind of kind of park your cryptocurrency in these things that will um, store the value or hold the value more than than the actual crypto will. There's always got to be a Rhode Island angle, of course, and uh, with anything in life, I guess that's that's the way it works. There was a gubernatorial candidate, Giovanni Feroci, in 2018. You know, he's the Alex Anani guy, and and so on and so forth. Um, that ran in 2018. Uh, kind of trying to position Rhode Island as a Bitcoin, uh, pardon me, as a blockchain hub, the way that like Delaware's an LLC capital or something like that. Uh, a lot of people laughed at him. You know, people uh, the, were calling it the chain block and this, that, and the other. You know, it's like talking about him like he was crazy. And, you know, I remember thinking like, that's really interesting. Um, the, the way that we, adapt, we embrace our blue economy is there an opportunity for Rhode Island to be ahead of the curve when it comes to this kind of stuff, especially with RISD here and so on and so forth? Do you think that Rhode Island can be a particularly interesting place globally for NFTs? Or is this such an online space that it doesn't really matter if you're in Alaska or on Pluto, that it really comes down to each individual in their space um, you know, and the location of servers or whatever it may be, or conventions or whatever whatever industry surrounds this space, um, is that relevant or irrelevant to Rhode Island going forward? Well, I think, I mean, I think it would depend on um, how the state decided to utilize it. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. there are entire countries, um, I think some in, some in Latin America, um, that have decided to, to back their currency in Bitcoin entirely. 
Yeah, um, yep. you know, which has which has caused controversy, you know, amongst the powers that be that would you know rather see everyone backing their their currency and, and things like dollars or whatnot. But um, you know, my my take on it is is that competition is really good for value. It's uh, it's good to diversify um, in terms of creating stability. You know, the more you diversify, um, the more you lower risk. Um, you're not going to make a ton of money if you diversify widely, but you're not going to lose a lot of money either. Um, and so I, I think the same is true for currency. You know, I, I don't think, in my opinion, you know, I think there's nothing that is immune to the laws of economics. And, and I think currency is the same way. I think um, currency competition is a good thing. Um, you know, I think that the proliferation of cryptocurrency, I, the hope, I think, or one of the hopes is that it will cause uh, global governments and people who are in charge of our fiat currency to be a little bit more responsible with the way that they handle it because they've got some competition. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of room for, for governments to get involved in it in a positive way. Uh, I think so far the, the, the way that governments have gotten involved in crypto has been in a, in a very negative way, just in the sense of putting up a lot of roadblocks Um uh, regulations, things that make it a lot more difficult to kind of trade freely. And, you know, people can have different opinions on that. Um, but I think that, uh, yeah, I think that if Rhode Island as a state decided to, you know, park some of its money in, in crypto investments, I mean, they may have already, I don't know. Um, I mean, there's there's crypto IRAs now. People can yep. you know, put their retirement money or, or part of it into, into crypto like they can with gold or stocks or bonds or whatever. Um, it's just another way of to diversify your funds now. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's a lot of room there, potentially. It's it really, you know, and I don't think it's, it was crazy of him to suggest that. Um, I think maybe at the time, you know, it, it still was really foreign to people. And now I think as time goes on, it's becoming more, um, uh, it's becoming more common in, in the vernacular and the way people discuss things. You know, people like, again, people like Jimmy Fallon are buying NFTs. Reese, Reese Witherspoon is buying uh, NFTs. You know, people that, people that everybody knows. And so it's like, <laughs> right. it's sort of like, if you know somebody, if, if, if your best friend is into it now, it doesn't seem as strange anymore. You know, so these are people mm. that everyone feels like they know because they're celebrities. And so they, it gives some credibility to it. And I think we've seen that over the last couple of years. Plus local celebrities like yourself here. And for, like I said, frankly, on, on the national stage, um, where can people find your art? We've got about a minute and a half here. Sure. So, I mean, the best way to find me and what I'm doing with my art right now these days is on Twitter um, at Eric John Art. Um, and then uh, if you go to my Twitter page, I have a link tree right there that has all my relevant links. So if you if you go there, you'll find everything you need to know about my art. Um, I just actually just sold my most recent one of one artwork, which was a, a portrait of penguins um, that was featured on Street Stories, actually. Um, I just oh, sold cool. that a couple of days ago um, for for. 0.4 Ethereum. Um, so that was pretty exciting. And I'm going to be speaking at uh, NFT NYC, which is the largest NFT conference in the world um, towards the end of June. So I oh, amazing. that coming up as well. Yeah. yeah, that sounds awesome. When that's at the end of June, and is that something that's going to be streamed online or do you, gotta, you have to be there? Yeah, no, I think, I think you have to be there. And mm -hmm. um, the tickets are pretty pricey. Um, but you can go to nft.nyc and um, you can, if you're interested in attending, you can check it out. And there's a lot of people that also just go up there to Times Square just to be around it. You know, they, they might not have tickets, but there's so much going on that if you're into that sort of thing, just being around it is sort of enough. Let's keep this conversation going. I'd love to follow up after you do that event and, and kind of 
keep checking in on on this space as we move along here. Um, you're uh, you're one of the local experts. There's no question about it. So appreciate your efforts. Anytime, Bill. Honestly, I, I love awesome. talking about it, and it's an ever evolving, ever changing um, space. So there's always lots to talk about. Rhode Island's podcast of record, B Town.